0: Hey guys, it's Dr. J. And Apostle Sherman. And we are so excited that you have tuned in for this week's message. We pray that it blesses you and helps to transform your life and the direction that God has for you. Enjoy the message. You know the song. Come on. She can do no wrong. Turn us back on his best friend. He her down. Goodbye. Y'all press that share button. I got something for you. Keep playing it, Jagger. Ah. He, ah. he gave up all his conflict. Sleep out in the rain. If she said that's the way it ought to be. Listen, I want you to share. I need you to share. Because today's message is going to be out the box. We're going to talk about some stuff. Uh, We're going to get you some places. We're going to help you really find out what love is all about. And I need you to share, 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 share. Get it going. If you haven't already shared, share. If you already shared, share again. Um, If you haven't already tagged somebody in the comments, tag them. If you haven't, if you have already done it, do it again. Tag as many people as you can. Share as much as you can. As we get ready to go into the word of the Lord. Now, some of you religious people are offended, and I like it that way. So I'm super excited that you are here and that you're ready for the word of the Lord. It's Valentine's Day, and I just want to say to the love of my life, Happy Valentine's Day, guh. Guh. I love you. Thank you so much, guys. Listen, I want to share with you a story. I was struggling in my preparation for today's message and one of the things that I was talking about when I was talking to Dr. Chiquette about this particular message and my struggle with it I told her I said hey I don't know should I say that word because kids could be watching or kids could be in the room and I don't know if I should say that word And she said something really powerful to me, Pastor BJ. She said, the fact that you're concerned about saying that word and thinking as if that word is negative is the reason why this message is necessary. She said, because we talk about everything else that people can do before the age they can do it. We don't stop talking about driving because it's not time for them to drive yet. We, we don't talk about getting a job because it's not time for them to get a job yet. So why in the world would be afraid to say the word sex? Now, some of you are trying to grab your, friend, your, your kids' ears and all of that, and this is why people don't know how to operate it now. It's because we have mismanaged it in the local church, and we have not been willing to have a necessary conversation of the beauty of it. I'm going to get ahead of myself. We're, we're not moving into the perversion of a thing, but we're moving into the beauty of the way that God designed it. And so today I want to talk to you. The title of this message is Erotica. I've been struggling with this thing. They was like, what do we put on the graphic? I was like, you can't put that on it. You can't put that on it. It's like, well, what, do we, what do you want us to put? I don't know. Can you feel the love? That's all we can put. I just don't know. Could, because I realized there was a part of me that was still holding on to this idea of something being wrong with something that is absolutely beautiful. And not wanting to put people in a position where they be fall away or to have conversations that we deem unnecessary, but the conversation is necessary. If you already, and again, if you haven't shared already, what's wrong with you? Share right now. There are four Greek words for love. Four, four Greek words for love, um, storge, uh, phile, it's phile, <laughs> phile, woo, <laughs> philia, agape, and here's this last one, eros, eros, I want to talk to you about it today, it's the conversation we're having today, now let me give you a precursor. Eros, this Greek word, is not in the Bible. So I don't need no theologians to send me any emails. Eros is not in the Bible particularly. It's actually from Greek mythology. It's actually from Greek culture, this word Eros. Even though it's not in the Bible directly, we see it expressed on many different levels from the culture that much of the New Testament was written out of, to be clear. Um, One of the books of the Bible in the Old Testament that laid out the clearest is the Song of Solomon. Now, many people stay away from the Song of Solomon. Um, And I think also because of this idea of something being negative concerning um, erotica. Something negative being connected to romantic love. Here's something I want you to write down. Men... And women are intended for each other. And they're intended for each other to take pleasure in one another. And when I say this word pleasure, many of us, again, we have, uh, the the, the scripture in the Bible says, to the pure, all things are pure. We start taking our minds to all of these other places because we've allowed culture and we've allowed movies and we've allowed all of these things to make. Something negative let me say something to you God gives you the gift of pleasure God gives you the gift of pleasure and it is a gift so listen let's, let's talk today um, and let's talk clearly sexuality comes from God that's where we got to start sexuality comes from God there is nothing wrong with you because you are attracted to the opposite sex I know you got the Holy Ghost I know you, you, you prophesy, you cast out devils, you heal the sick, you raise the dead. I know you, you love the Lord with all of your heart, but I want to break right now this demonic stronghold that's made you feel negative because you see someone of the opposite sex and you are attracted to them. Attraction is not something that is wrong. The key is what we do with the attraction. So some of you, some of you, you know, um, right now, you've been avoiding looking at people. You're avoiding the saying that somebody is good looking. You've been a- avoiding describing the fact that, that, you know, you think that somebody is fine. You've had a whole problem with it. And it's only because that spirit of religion has grabbed a hold of you. But I want to set you free. If they fine, say it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. They look good, tell them. That's why some of you ain't got nobody now because you ain't told them. They, they walk by, let them know, you know what you are, you good looking. <laughs> Give opportunity. And some of us have been so tight that that's the whole reason why you haven't found love in the first place. So we want to set you free. And I want you to type into the comments today, set me free. Now, um, it's quieting here, I need them to say a more ever amen. And I want you in... The comments to do the same. Man and woman are intended for each other and they are intended to take pleasure. So sexuality comes from God, okay? In sexuality, it was created by God. Genesis chapter 1, we've been in Genesis for a long time on Wednesday nights and we're gonna stay there for a while, but in Genesis 1 and 27, I love it. It says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God intended for men and women to complement each other, to complement each other. We see it in 1 Corinthians 11:11. Study it later. We see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 22, that God created man to complement each other. Here's the next thing. Sexual activity is ordained by God. So I'm going to go back to what I said the first time. Sexuality comes from God sexual activity it was ordained by God I need somebody to type into the comments ain't nothing wrong we've got to have an understanding of this Genesis 1 and 28 says this this command was made before the fall and no guilt uh, attaches to it here in in verse uh, in Genesis 1 and 28 this is what it says then God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful Multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. This idea was not just the idea of spiritually. I dealt with that more on Wednesdays, but I need you to understand there's only one way that you're going to be able to be fruitful and multiply. Okay? You're going to have to engage in some activity in God and allow that to happen. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I'll say that, Lord. Many of us, because of experiences that we have had before it's time, and not even things that we desire to have, I'm speaking in code now, things that happened to us, some of us when we were children, some of us even when we were adults, where we experienced violations, it has now put us into a circumstance where we are even in another level thinking that something is wrong with the thing that God has given us as a gift. It is a gift. And God actually wants you To use the gift the gift is supposed to be used in proper context that's all it's a beautiful gift you should be happy about that gift you should look forward to the day you should have that gift you should be excited about when God gives you that gift it is nothing wrong with that in any way shape form or fashion there is a big huge gap and I'll get there in a minute between lust and gratefulness for a gift You should not be disconnected from the idea that God gave you the ability to be able to entertain the gift that he has given you. I think shame has to be broken off. And right now, I want you to type into the comments right now, shame go to hell. Let's do it right now. Shame, shame go to hell. Genesis chapter 2 verse 23 through 24, I love it, talks about it best. It begins to imply bodily union and the inseparable uh, separable intimate relationship between man and woman. It, it, it's something powerful. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones. Talk that talk, Adam. Flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of me. Therefore, Man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, one flesh, one I love uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse number 4, and this is what he says. He says, and he said, he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made the male and the female and said, for this reason a man shall leave? His father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So then, they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. God's design was for the two to be joined as one. Here's the next thing I want you to write down God gives you the gift of sexual desire. It's a gift. There is no way that you're going to be able to. This is why I need all you churchy people to to, to realize. You don't get married and you don't get connected to somebody off a purpose alone. It's silent. There has to be the gift of desire and attraction working in the midst of a relationship. We're not getting into a relationship just because God wants us to change the world. We're not getting a relationship just because there's a city that needs two people who are joined together to come in, transform, and build wells to drink water from. When pe- two people come together, there has to be attraction. And let me tell you what the church has done is rob people from healthy marriages because they're waking up to ugly people, because they married outside of attraction. It's deeper. It is much deeper than this idea of, oh, the Lord, I just looked at him and I heard the word of the Lord. I need you to have more than the word of the Lord, actually. And I know that's messing with some of you because you're so deep. But I need you to have more than the word of the Lord. I tell both my sons and my daughters, if you cannot see yourself, amen, enjoying that individual, that is not the one. If there is not an attraction, then that is not the one. Nobody wakes up in the morning and looks in the morning. Nobody's doing that at night. Nobody's speaking in tongues back and forth. There has to be more than your spirituality. Somebody ought to type in the comments, get us free. There has to be more than that. And I want you to be in the place, both my single people, my married people, and my I don't want nobody people. I need everybody to be free today. Because it's not just the single people, some of you are married and you're having a problem engaging with your spouse because you were taught something was wrong with this gift. You are a whole married person with a license to drive and will not get in the car. People wish they had a license. People are over here praying for a license. Believe in God. They was on a 21-day fast thinking God was going to break that thing at the end of it and give them a gift. They, They wanted a license. You got one and can't use it because the devil has done a great job At making something that was a gift and precious and powerful and making it perverted, whereas we do not want to touch it. I want to share this with you as well. Um, Sexual desire in the context that God gives it to you, being marriage, in being uh, marriage, is holy. I said that it's holy. For some reason, there's been something as if that having this desire, engaging in desire in God's context is somehow unholy. So we don't move into the place of truly enjoying. It is almost this thing that we've stepped into the place where we're trying to cover up like Adam and Eve. um, Because of this idea that we don't want ourselves to be exposed. And it's because of the work of the serpent and the work that he has done. One of the greatest books, again, that helps us to walk through this is uh, Song of Solomon. And uh, I want to go to Song of Solomon, Chapter 4, and we're going to hang out there for a minute. If this is good to you, let me know in the comments, um, both on Facebook and YouTube, that this is good to you. Just let me know if I'm on the right track. I could be preaching to the wrong church. I'm not sure. Um, but in, 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 in Songs of Solomon, uh, Chapter 4... It celebrates the beauty of sex in a loving context. Um, It it contains much delicate and intimate imagery that applies directly to human lovers. It can also be applied to Jesus Christ in the church. Now, many people try to take it and just want to connect it to Jesus Christ in the church. And let me tell you, that's why many of you, you haven't enjoyed the Bible. The Bible, I tell people all the time, got whatever you need. If you like murder mystery, we got that for you. If you've been reading them books with the men with the long hair and the strong body on the front of it. Or you black people that looked a little different. You know, I don't know that one lady that was famous. I think she went on to be with the Lord. Um, oh, she's still with us. Okay. Um, and so they told me she's with us. You know, he's writing on them, reading on the books. You can find all of that right here. The Bible got whatever you need. Are y'all in here? I said whatever you need. Come on, type it in, whatever you need. So it celebrates it. And so Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse number 3 says this. Your lips are like the strand of scarlet. Watch your mouth. It goes on to say your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like a piece of a pomegranate. Okay, better be a fruit in God. Your neck is like the Tower of David. Watch your mouth. Built for an armory on which hang a thousand bucklers. Talk that talk, sir. All shields of mighty men. Verse five says, your two breasts are like fawns. It's in the book. It's like twins of gazelle. Come on, talk that. Literally, I love that, this next part, which feed among the lilies. Verse six, until the break day, till the day breaks and the shadow flee away. I will go my way to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of frankincense. Climb that mountain. You are all fair, my love, and there is no spot in you. Come with me from Lebanon, my spouse. With me from Lebanon. Look from the top of Amana. Come on, Amana. From the top of Sanir and Hermon, from the lions there, from the mountains of the lepers. You have ravished my heart. My sister and my spouse. That's interesting. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes, with one link of your necklace. Even your necklace is fine, girl. How fair is your love? There it is again. That's really weird. My sister, my spouse. How better, How much better than wine is your love? Listen, the drink don't compare to you. And the scent of your perfumes and all the spices. Your lips, oh, my spouse. Them things drip like a honeycomb. Honey and milk are under your tongue. Watch your mouth. And the fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse. A spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Your plants are an orchid of pomegranates with pleasant fruits, fragrant henna with spikenard, spikenard and saffron. Calamus and cinnamon, with all the trees of frankincense, myrrh, and aloes, with all of the chief spices, a fountain of gardens, a well of living waters. Hello. And streams of Lebanon. Woohoo! Songs of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 2. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is better than wine because of the fragrance of your good ointments. Your name is ointment poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. Draw me away. We will run after you. This is the Bible. The king has brought me into his chambers. Watch it. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We remember your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. Song of Solomon, <laughs> the lights out. Song of Solomon <laughs> Song of Solomon, don't be distracted. I still got the word of the Lord for you. Song of Solomon chapter four, verse 16. It's a, it's, it was planned. Here it is: "Awake, O North Wind, and come, O South, blow upon my garden, that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruits. Solomon chapter seven. Song of Solomon chapter seven, verse 11. Come my beloved. Let us go forth to the field and let us lodge in the villages. We going somewhere. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Gotta just be at night. Let us see if the vine has budded. Whether the great blossoms are open, okay, and the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my love, right there in the pomegranates. The mandrakes give off a fragrance and at our gates are pleasant fruits, all manner, new and old. we not stuck. Mm-mm. New and old, which I have laved up for you, my beloved. Song of Solomon chapter 8 verse 10. I am a wall. Hmm? In my breast are like towers. Then I become, I became in His eyes as one who found peace. This thing is real. This is real. It's in the Bible, and it's not just the imagery of Christ. And that's what y'all want to say, religious folks. That it's just the imagery of Christ in His church. No, it is not. God intentionally allowed this to be in the book. Because there was something that he had given as a gift. And he did not want you to be in a place of distress, tripping out of your mind because you feel like something's wrong with you because you have desire. Desire is a gift. What you do with it is what matters. Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4. Tardis of Jerusalem, my charger, here it is. Do not arouse or awaken love until its soul desires. Why would it say it? It's strong. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to explain to you in a minute in the word how strong it is. Don't awaken it before it's time. Don't awaken it before it's time. That's why you've got to be careful what you do with it because it is that powerful. You have to be careful who you engage with it because it's that powerful. Once that beast is released, that thing is unlocked, it is very hard to close it down. Come on, don't blame me. That's why some of y'all still got people's names in your head. Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4. You're doing good, Sherman. Thank you, sir. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you. Do not arouse or awaken love until his soul desires. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? She is under the apple tree. I ruse you. <laughs> there your mother conceived you under the apple tree. <laughs> this thing is good. Under the Y'all didn't read the Bible right. That's your problem. She was under the apple tree. Okay, the Bible goes on to say, there, who was in labor gave you birth. She conceived you there, and then she gave birth to you under that apple tree. Verse 6, place me like a seal over your heart and like a seal over your arm. For love, look at this, please, is as strong as death. Why should I awaken it before it's time? Because it's as strong as death. Why must I be careful where I allow my what I allow my soul to engage with because it's as strong as death? Why do I just not connect my soul with just anybody? Because it's as strong as death. I want you to think about death. Most of us think death is final. Look at the imagery here. Most of us feel like death is final. To the point of most of us who even believe in miracles, the miracle we pray for the least is the raising of dead. Death is something that most of us consider irreversible. You have to be careful how you manage and you deal with love because it is not something easy to cap after it's been uncapped. Say amen in this room. Online, glory to God. So it says very clearly, it's strong as death, it's jealousy unyielding as the grave. Once, your, once love is uncapped, man, and that thing is flowing, and it's flowing towards a particular person, you have, that relationship can be over, and you still operating in jealousy. You mad at they new boo. Don't even know them. Don't know nothing about them. I mean, I can just see the way they edges lay. That ain't, he, he ain't, she ain't the one. I can just see, I can see the way she walks. She's another one. No, you're, you're it's jealousy because we awaken love before it's time. It's jealousy because something has been opened up that was never supposed to be opened up before its time. How do I, how do I manage this thing? How do, I, how do I walk through this thing? First of all, I want you to be broken out of striving. This idea of striving to live holy. This idea of striving to live for God. God gives you the grace to live for him. And if you focus more on I have the supernatural ability to live for him versus trying not to do something, you will receive more freedom. Most Christians who are unmarried at this point in time are trying not to do something rather than walking into the freedom that God has given me the supernatural ability to not be drawn into something before it's time. It's the difference of a world. Striving. I just got to... Oh, he's fine, but Jesus, help me. You're you're, you're striving, striving to the point that you're afraid to even allow yourself to give your attention to someone. Because you are pressing into this idea that somehow something horrible is going to happen. So the devil has you right where he wants you, in a box outside of real love. And then once you get married, you're still in the box. Married, but not ever freely enjoying the gift God is giving you. If you marry, the Lord say that place is undefiled. That's what the books say. And I mean, um, I'm just being careful. Well, you know, I, 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 you know, what was that movie? Uh, 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 Coming to America. He said, whatever you like. <laughs> what kind of, whatever you like. I mean, I mean it, it, listen, that thing is so undefiled. However you, whatever you like. Okay? That thing is available to you. Don't you let that enemy put you in a place where you've become destructive to a gift that God has given you. Is this good to anybody? All right, let's keep moving. So he said, he said, it's the jealousy is unyielding as the grave. Look at this. Look how love working. Verse six, it burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters look at this cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would literally, it would utterly. Um, be scorned. So here's something I want you to, to, to write down. It is possible to live for God and embrace attraction. Write that down. It's possible to live for God and embrace attraction. Okay? I want to break the spirit of delay. I want to tell some of you you are not not in a relationship because of whatever features that you think are wrong with you. You're not, not in a relationship because it's not even God's timing. You have not been in a relationship because you still have the spirit of religion on love. You've been in a prison. And every time you feel yourself going in a direction where you could potentially be attracted to someone, you pull back. Because I don't want to be in a place where I end up in sin. What kind of demonic stronghold to live under? To live every day of your life focusing on what the devil's trying to make you do, than what God has given you the grace to do. Every day of your life, you look at someone, you think they're fine, you think they're handsome, and you pull back because you're thinking of the devil. So the enemy has been getting the glory in your love life. More than God getting the glory. The devil has you exactly where he wants you. And we've had so many people who have operated in life this way that it's become church culture around the world. So while I'm teaching about this today and reading these scriptures, some of y'all, your demons are tripping. You have logged off. You're getting ready to send me emails. You are just off. You're covering up your kids' ears because you want them to have a wrong idea, and that's how it works. It gets perpetuated, passed down to every spiritual and natural generation. Your parents would not have conversations with you about it. So, the school taught you, and television taught you, and inappropriate television. For me, it was back in the day, it was um, BET at night. What was it called? Uncut. uncut. No, I went uncut. It was the late night. That's what it's called? Oh, it's like, okay, that's what it's called. Uncut. And I went on there and they had something, uh, they're playing this song called about Tip Drills and going on. I said, Lord, Jesus. That was my classroom. (laughs) Huh? Y'all don't want this truth. And that's because the church has not made it a safe place to have discussions. And in a deliverance church like ours, the first thing that people will think is, come out! You can't tell attraction to come out. You can't tell something God placed there to come out. So um, it's possible to live for God and to be in a place where you don't allow the enemy to distract you but press into your grace. And I want you to type that into the comments. I'm pressing into my grace. God has given me the supernatural ability to live for him. I'm not focused on what I can't do. I'm focused on what he's already graced me to do. So then it's possible. Abstinence is possible. I don't care what they tell you. And I, I know about people who were going to interview married people and to find out how many of them had had premarital sex before they got married to make you feel comfortable. I don't care how many people who were jacked up by the same thought process. That don't mean that, it's, that everybody else has to experience that. You don't let the, the fall of other people, because that's what that is, become now the calibration by which you're supposed to live by. This false teaching that's got people wrapped up living under the, under the press of religion, it's got millions of people around the world. So I'm sure you've talked to a bunch of people who said, I just, we just couldn't help it. We just said, you just go and do it. I mean, we get married anyway. I don't care how many people walked in that. Doesn't mean you're supposed to. So I want to talk about really quickly in the last few minutes I have is there are areas of what the enemy wants to do is pervert love, pervert love. And the way he does it, one of the top ways, I'm just going to give you There's a lot of ways, but I'm going to give you several today. One of the top ways he does it is adultery. Right? Adultery. So this idea of what I have and what God is giving me is not enough. And part of why this has happened, where adultery is so rampant, even in the church world, is because of the idea of this thing where um, no one was really honest about where they were so they could get the help that they needed. So we tried to marry over lust issues. And I want to make an announcement. Marriage is not a cure to lust. you will marry and still be full of it. So it's not the way out. It's not the way out. I, I can talk to you about countless, of, countless individuals who tried to marry over that thing. This is why it's so important that you make sure you don't awaken it before it's time. Do You don't awaken love before it's time and you go get it into places where you start having soul-to-soul connections. I don't care what that comedian, what's his name? Um, Kev, Kev, uh, uh, whatever, Kev on stage said uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you uh, uh, very clearly that, that there is a such thing as soul ties and I want you to be very very careful to not get yourself in a place using the gift that God is giving you the whole point of that gift is to tie souls when used correctly So you don't want to use it incorrectly and then be able to be at a place of tying souls. Adultery, much of it happens because people are trying to marry over the lust that was already operating. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. If this is good to you still, please type into the comments, this is good to me. Marriage, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, is honorable among all. And the bed, there it is, un- Defiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Now that's New Testament talk for all of you people who felt like God stopped being a judge after the Old Testament. Let's move. Lust. So adultery is one of the ways the enemy per- perverts uh, sexuality, and then lust itself. Okay? Lust, that thing begins to open up. And what is lust? It's the inordinate desire for something that you are not supposed to have. Lust is manifesting in more than one way than sexual activity. That thing is manifesting the most in America, I believe, through food. That thing is is in food, and that's where some of you, that's where it opened up at. Is this thing on? I said for some of you where lust opened up was your overindulgence in food. So you had no parameters, you have no boundaries, so that doesn't, you don't get to erase it, have it in one area and erase it from another area. So because you opened the door as it related to food, then when you came, and by the way, the, the, the Bible calls that gluttony. Uh, when you, when you open the door with it concerning food, and then you came over here to sexuality, You weren't able to control yourself, because that's a a fruit of the Spirit. Self-control is a sign that you have the Holy Ghost. Self-control. And so you get to this place of not being able to control yourself because you opened the door by going overboard. Indulging beyond what you're supposed to indulge. What is healthy to indulge? Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. The Bible says this, but I say to you, whoever looks at a woman, this is what getting a lot of people messed up, looks at a woman to lust for her. These are two different things. Lusting and attraction, two different worlds. Two different worlds. I can look at somebody and be attracted to them and not lust after them. Well, walk me through it, Apostle, I I will. Lust begins to go through the journey when you start thinking about what you can do with them, how you're going to do with them, how you going to flip it, turn it, uh, 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 throw it, and, and whatever else you're going to do. That, that's a whole different situation. That's a different situation of looking at someone and goes, wow, that person is good looking. Wow, look at their eyes. Wow, look at their lovely lady lumps. Look, whatever, whatever you end up... Whatever you end up looking at and you think is attractive, that's attractive. Everybody has different things they find attractive. Okay? This may be TMI for you. I mean, but I, 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 love, I love my wife. I love her lilies <laughs> that the Bible talked about earlier. And, and that was a thing. When I looked at my wife, when I first saw her, I didn't, I mean, I, I, the Lord pointed it out to me for sure. But as the Lord pointed it out to me, my eyes went to her lilies. And, and I, and I it was in my right to be attractive. Now, where I went wrong, because I did go wrong. Hello, is this on? Where I went wrong, because I did go wrong, is that I went wrong into thinking about what I wanted to do with the lilies. Is this thing good? So there, there is a world of difference. So some of you, you've read Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't look. Oh, my God, I'm supposed to be blind. Some of you are married and lying to your spouse. Somebody walked by, and they're like, what, you looking at? Nothing. You a line ahead And somebody walked by, and they find my wife, what, are you looking at? I was like, girl, look at that, that thing. <laughs> She's like, it is kind of plump, huh? It, and we move on. We're not going to fake in my marriage that I was not. Me and my friends were at a restaurant. I think I told the story before. I'm going to tell it again. We were at this restaurant in Malibu. This lady walked out. I mean, it looked like she could have fed a whole village. And she was walking by. I said, y'all, everybody, please look at this. We all looked. It was like, my God, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the lady heard us because we was like, Jesus, and we went back to eating our dinner. did nobody go home thinking about that lady's tail that was walking by. That's when we move into lust. Stop lying to your spouse. You're married, not blind. The question is, where are you going and where are you traveling? Is this thing all right? Actually, y'all in the room. All right. Matthew 5, 28. May I, it says, but I say to you that whatever, um, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, people have used that as a license to just go on with it. Please, Friends. Um, Do not let that be something then that pushes you to the place where you decide to just fully jump in. Okay? Something I want to say to you that gets me in a a lot of uh, trouble, and you're going to say I'm religious, is I want you to be very careful. um, I'm talking to my unmarried people um, on how you're engaging the opposite sex. Because even though attraction is something that God gives to you, Again, it's what you do with it that matters. And part of where some of us have found ourselves getting caught up is because you're not even using the sense that is common. I'm not even talking about Bible right now. I'm talking about sense that is common. So if God has given you attraction and there's a such thing as arousal, do not put yourself in the position that you are arousing something that should not be aroused okay. So I don't have to give you a Bible on this. This is just a sense that should be common. So if you know what they taught me in sex ed is that, um, okay, let me walk through this. Uh, I was just, I'm using cold words because I just want to be careful. Um, is, uh, you know, how arousal happens. You don't you don't be in a place y'all, y'all, you know, y'all gonna do what y'all gonna do. So y'all ride in the cars together late at night and, you know, I gotta express my love. And so the idea for you that expressing love has to always equal touch. And I need, to, I need to kind of deal with that for a minute. I'm not telling you not to touch anyone because some of y'all single people are like, I'm checking out now. No, I'm talking about your, your, your hands are touching in places that bring things to a high level. And then come back and want me to cast your devils out. Don't make me work when you should have worked first. You should have worked first. Don't make me work because you didn't work. Work your boundaries. If you don't have boundaries, lust is inevitable. Write that down. My clock is said zero, I'm gonna keep teaching. Where's your boundaries? Lust is inevitable if you have no boundaries. I'm grown, I'm a grown man and woman that's stuck in the spirit of lust. I mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying, they are just so tight and they don't want people to have fun, and yeah, and yeah, and yeah. But who are you calling when you stuck? So we have to have some conversations. Concerning what you're doing with the moments that open up when you're building relationship, unmarried I mean, people, you gotta have boundaries. You don't. You're not at some man or woman's house by yourself. I'm talking to you, and some of you in this room. You are not to be at any man or woman's house by yourself. That makes no sense. To open the door and then be talking about oops. How did we get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. That's how. You was up in somebody's house by yourself. Boundaries. Boundaries. When you don't have boundaries, it's inevitable. And that's just the word of the Lord to you. That's the word of the Lord to you. That's the word of the Lord to you. I have a spiritual son. I won't say his name. I have a spiritual son who had a baby by somebody. He say now, he don't even think it's attractive. He didn't even think she was attractive when he gave it to her. What happened? Being in a house, by yourself, chick literally walked out without clothes on. And was like if you like her you could have it and brother said all right what happened what happened no boundaries yes he is in this room no boundaries uh, is this all right All right, I gotta move. The boundaries are going to be so important for all of us to make sure you understand. I want to lastly, um, I want to lastly give something to you. Uh, you're gonna. I don't know what you should play it right now, but <laughs> just hold off for a second. Don't play nothing yet. Uh, uh, I, I, and I, and I want to talk to you, to you, to you, married folks out there um, who's watching. I dealt with the unmarried and. And here, again, today was all about the blessing and the gift of attraction. God has given it to you to use it. There's nothing wrong with it. Be free. Unmarried people, use your boundaries. Married people, get it. That's my word. It. Get it. And do not allow, do not allow the enemy to make you feel like you have to have some kind of chains on this blessing that God has even giving you as a married person. Song of Solomon said the new and the old. Try it all, things, And and, 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 and let God bless you as you go through your process. And, and understand this. Um, for those that are watching today who are believing God for a spouse, I want you to not let yourself be pulled into the drama of valentine's day don't be at some place sorrowful i bind the spirit of depression and oppression because most of these people that you're looking at on instagram don't got real love anyway so do not be comparing your life to somebody else's life and what they got and what they don't have. If I were you, I would go on and put a, a, a pretty red or black dress on and, or gentlemen, go ahead and put your, your, your best fitted shirt on that you got and just just go out and be attracted. Be attractive, and be attractive. It ain't nothing wrong with it. Enjoy your day and do not allow it. There are powers that be. I want to offer this to you. I want all of you to get rid of this idea of Cupid. Okay? I'm going to close with this. It just hit me and I got to say it to you. Cupid is demonic. The fact that you can shoot somebody with something and make them love you. Let's not move into that. It's connected to the goddess Diana in the temple would begin to worship and their worship before the goddess of Diana is this idea of uh, pleasing people in worship to this false idol and when we move into this space where we're engaging with pleasing people outside of the context of marriage we are still in the worship of the goddess Diana There are spiritual forces, incubus, and succubus. Now y'all got all mad at that lady who was talking about coronavirus and they went and found her videos on incubus and succubus and was talking bad about her, but she knew the word of the Lord. There were spiritual forces that bring you into self-pleasure. You can never self-please without a spirit engaging you to do so. You're never engaging yourself alone, whether somebody's there or not. You end up engaging with spiritual forces. Men are not going to like this. Men, I want you to be very careful. Women, to be very careful. When you're engaging in self-pleasure, what are you engaging with? Someone of the same sex you are opening the door to a whole nother force that does not become the way that you live holy you don't refrain by self-pleasure the Lord brought me here this is not in my notes I didn't want to say this today told you I was fighting on the whole message. But today, I felt like somebody needed to hear that. Don't you let that devil tie you up. God wants you to be free. is the gift, how you manage it is a whole different thing. Allow God to help you by not pushing into what I can't do, but pressing into the grace of what he does give you to do. Um, I guess I'm going to pray for you. Father... I don't know what to do. I feel so awkward. Uh, I want to pray for you, Father, I thank you for each and every person that's watching this today. I, I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, through this, this teaching today, I pray something was taught to help somebody. Um, that somebody was able to embrace the gift that you've given us. Um, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would bring the beauty of love to the forefront of every individual's life. I break off of them today, yes God, I break off of them today where the enemy has wanted to pervert things, wanted to pull them out of the beauty of love, Though that they walked into seasons before his time, willingly and unwillingly. I bind all of that up now in the name of Jesus. We cast that into the pits of hell. I also break shame off of people who have done it wrong and now feel like even today through this message where they felt a weight come off of them, on them, we break that weight off of them today. This is not condemnation. This is direction and freedom from the Holy Ghost. And so we thank you today, Father, that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And we thank you that it is the truth that we We know, and that truth is what makes us free. And so we thank you for that today. And we release, Father, the freedom to embrace, to love, to connect, to grow with one another. And we bind the enemy that's wanted perversion to reign over our churches, to reign over our our cities, to reign over the people of God, to reign over the television screen. And we decree in Jesus' name that there will be real love that will begin to come upon the televisions of America. i pray. In the name of Jesus, there'll be real couples that know you and that love you and that are following you that will, oh God, be seen on the television screen, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus, let this be a year where love comes alive. Let this be a year. Will love come alive, Father? I decree, Father, new relationships. I decree new marriages. I decree in Jesus' name, Father, when you are brought together, Lord, let it be done in the name of Jesus. And I bind the cycles of the enemy that's trying to open up, and we thank you that you are the cycle breaker. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Listen. Wow, that was amazing. Uh, Agreed. We want you to stay connected with All Nations San Bernardino. Do not let the uplifting stop here. Join us on Facebook or Instagram for more amazing content. We want to connect with you. And guess what? If you're in town or even out of town, come visit us at All Nations San Bernardino all the way live.